Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. We're your hosts, Nick and Harry. Hey, Nick, we're talking about where to put your goals money today. Ready for this one? Always up for it. Cool. All right. Before we get into this flow chart we teased in the title, what are your highs and lows financially this week? Well, it wasn't too thrilling of a week, but I guess my high would be resisting an impulse purchase. Um, was tempted. I had a, a rare opportunity to buy one of the latest consoles, which have been scarce. Um, and I, you know, I had the money in the wants budget to cover it, but I ended up deciding I didn't want to spend such a huge chunk of it um, on something I didn't really need. And that ended up working out in my favor since I think we had both have the same low, which is this trip to Crater Lake and uh, Redwood National Forest. Is that what it's called? Redwood National yeah, Forest? Yeah, Redwood National the, Park. Yeah, National Park. That's what it is. Um, it's costing a little more than I think we were e- either of us were expecting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it worked out well, obviously. I had that leftover money in the wants budget to cover a little more expensive of a trip. And it was in your cart, the Xbox. Yeah. You didn't pull yeah. the trigger. I got up. So I... I, I discipline. Yeah, I never save my credit card info on any anywhere so any anytime i make a repeat purchase even if it's it somewhere, forces you to put in the yeah i have to actually think about and actually you know i, I use a, a password manager but i still have to like enter my password and stuff for it to autofill the credit card and, and that that's usually the 30 seconds or so i need to process what i'm doing yeah that makes so sense. i was halfway through entering my password and thought yeah that's kind of a good tip maybe before later. you just like like the Amazon has the one-click checkout. Yeah. This is a way to prevent that. And I, actually, I guess I lied. Amazon's the one place that has my card saved. Yeah, they deserve it. Yeah. It's too easy so. to buy there. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, yeah, I have the same low. Uh, I know the trip's going to be great. It's going to be worth it. But yep. it was just a little more than we thought it would be. And my high would be... I was able to cash in on something I had been saving for out of my wants budget, which was getting my car detailed and fixed. So it had, over the years, lots of scratches, dents. Reality of living in New York City. Yes. I bet a lot of those happened when you weren't in the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, especially with street parking. Yep. It's brutal. But I'd been saving up to get get them all fixed, finally did that, and now it's, like, good as new. Hot so, like new. Yeah. Ready ready to put it back out on the streets and start over again. Yeah, I know. It's like now I have all the bumper guards and everything. Mm. So hopefully it's a little more protected, but we'll see. So yeah, it was nice just having that money saved and built up so it didn't like affect my budget or what I could spend or Yeah, so I guess you you took like a piece of your monthly wants budget and slowly right. built that up to you say, yeah. Nice. Yep. Okay, so we're talking about a flow chart. And this is well, explain what this flow chart is. Yeah, like why do, what is the flow chart for? Well, we've we've talked in the budgeting episode about 50% of your monthly income should go to needs, 30% towards wants and 20% towards goals. And last episode we went over the importance of the emergency fund. 
And at the end of that episode, we talked about when you've met your emergency fund goal, keep putting, you know, you, you should keep putting that 20% towards other goals. But that, that's easy to say, but it's also might not be clear what those next goals are. And so the, this flow chart is to help you identify the best place to put your 20% goals portion of your budget. So before we get into the actual steps and the pieces of the flow chart, let's talk about why it's set up this way. Yep. So emergency fund is the first step in the flow chart. And that's because, like we said in the last episode about emergency funds, it really is the bedrock that lets you do any of the other stuff we're going to be talking about, right? It's it's really hard to make any progress or make any gains or make your money work for you when there's this sort of specter following you around and a single emergency could thrust you into a bunch of high interest debt. Okay, so once you've got your emergency fund full, you've got your three to six months of living expenses in there, the next step is going to be maxing out your company's 401k match. Some companies will offer a match on the money that you put into your 401k. They'll give you an equal amount up to a certain percentage. So For example, if your company offers a 3% match, then if you put 3% of your salary into your 401k, they'll give you the same amount, 3% of your salary, into your 401k account too. And so that's 100% return on your money. It's free money coming from your company. Yeah, if this if this sounds crazy or made up or make believe to you right now, it's it's not. The 401k match from your employer literally is free money obviously aside from the spend the fact that you're spending time working for them it is money that they put directly into your account and so it's a great perk that companies offer the whole point of this flow chart is to get you the highest return on your money very hard to get higher than a hundred percent return on your money it's it's even money to what you're putting in so yeah unless you get lucky on some really ill-advised bets doubling your money is rarely going to happen yeah so that's why this this comes before even the next step which is paying off high interest debt right Right. these steps are stacked in the order of what generates the most returns for your money right getting the most bang for your buck it's what the podcast is about it's what this flow chart is about and when you pay off a debt you're getting a return on the money that you're spending equal to whatever the interest rate on that debt is. You know, if your debt is 10% and you pay that off, you're getting a 10, 10% return on the money you're spending on that debt. And so even though we've talked about, and we'll talk again about how bad and how much of a derailment high interest debt can be for your personal finance, the 100% return on your 401k match is still way higher than anything you can get by paying off your debt. Hopefully you don't have a loan with 100% interest. Yeah, I've I mean I've never <laughs> I've never seen terrible. that. Uh, maybe some real shady loan shark loan. Something. Yeah, I, I mean I think even like payday loans are yeah, not allowed to be that high. That's why we recommend get the 401k match first and then now we're on step 3, which is pay off that high interest debt. Right. And so obvious question here is what is high interest debt? 
And, you know, there's a little bit of a gray area here. I'm not going to lie. But for the most part, you can consider high interest debt to be anything 10% and over. Um, like that, that, that's a hard line. You could argue, I think, that eight, nine, seven percent is also pretty high. I would want to prioritize that. But for the sake of giving a hard number, 10 and up definitely falls into this high interest debt category. And so when we talk about high interest debt and the, the concept of this flow chart, this is about where your 20% goals budget money is going. So the minimum payments on all of your debts should already be covered by the needs portion of your budget. That should always include any minimum payments. Yeah, I think of it as any interest rate above what I could be getting in the stock market. So if the stock market averages that 7 to 10%, if you have debt that's more than that, then even by investing in the stock market, you'd be losing money. You should really pay off that debt first. Yep. And, th- and that's kind of what I was alluding to with the, the gray area and that seven, eight, nine percent where the the safe thing to do, and it's definitely the way that I personally approach it, is I want the return to be guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if the debt is eight percent or seven percent on an average year, you know, on average the stock market's gonna match that. And so you could make the argument investing is gonna be the same as paying additional payments on the debt. But it could be a down year, and there's no guarantee you're going to get that. So I, I liked at that gray area, I would still lean towards the additional payments. And I'm back on the mental aspect, which is the peace of mind of being out of debt and paying that down. Yeah, it feels yeah. nice. Absolutely. That's step three. Step four, IRAs. So you've paid Another- off... Another scary retirement acronym. Yeah. So it's individual retirement account, right? And you want to max this out. Right now, the max you can contribute is $6,000 per year as of 2021. What's the difference between an IRA and a 401k? All right. They're both retirement accounts. Why are they separate steps? It's kind of in the name, right? Individual, but you want to. That is it. Yeah. So individual is one that you open yourself. And you get to decide what types of funds you're going to invest it in. So we talked about in the first episode, we talked about investing in index funds and mutual funds. And that's what you can do in an IRA. In a 401k, you're limited by, because it's company sponsored, you're limited by whatever funds your company has chosen or whatever agreement they have with that uh, 401k provider. So it's nice to have a little bit more control over your money in an IRA and you can go up to that $6,000 cap. Yeah. So if it, that wasn't clear in the 401k step, the, your 401k account is opened through your employer and you'll usually sign up for that and manage all of that through some company specific portal. An IRA, you would open with a brokerage account. So a Charles Schwab, a TD Ameritrade. Fidelity. Right. Vanguard, there you know, there's a lot of good ones out there. So that's step four. You've maxed out. You know, now you're at this step of the flow chart. You've got six thousand going into the IRA. After that, we bounce back to the four hundred one k. Yep, right. So we said that that step two, you're going to get up to the employer match because that that guarantees that one hundred percent return on the employer match. But you can contribute more than that to the four hundred one k. 
the contribution limit for the for a 401k right now and if you know if you're we're recording this in mid 2021 if you're listening to this later on you should definitely check um, because they usually increase these contribution limits over time but right now it's $19,500 per year most people unless you have a crazy high income are not going to hit that $19,500 limit just by getting the employer match. So whatever you contribute to get the match, you can still contribute more to that account up to that $19,500 limit. And that money, just like the money in your IRA, as long as you're making safe investments in those market index funds, is probably going to average around 7%. So say, let's say someone is in a really good position. They have that funded emergency fund. They're getting the employer max. They have no more high interest debt. They have maxed out their IRA. You know, you're going back to the 401k, maxing it out at the $19,500 limit. You still have a 20% chunk of your budget going towards goals. Where does the rest of that money go? Well, it's going to go towards savings or some other investments like a brokerage account but if you're here good for you yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah pat yourself on the back you are well on your way to a good retirement if you're doing all of these things Mm -hmm. year over year so yeah this last step is it's a little open-ended it can go towards something that you're saving up for if this is going to be a bigger goal maybe like a house or it could just go towards buying stocks that you like maybe not as risky as the ones that would come out of your wants budget ideally these would be investments that you're going to draw from in your retirement so you want to make sure that they're there when retirement comes. yeah and the reason the reason you want to skip over this a little bit because it's it's a complicated topic and we'll we will get into this in the retirement account episode but there's specific advantages and there's some tax implications um, that make it a better choice to put investment money that's for retirement into those 401ks or IRAs first. So you can invest in the same funds with just a regular brokerage account you open. You can make the same safe investments and know that that money is going to be for retirement. Um, It's just going to come at a higher tax penalty than you would with the money in a 401k or an IRA. And that's it. That's the sixth step of the flowchart. But Let's get personal for a second. Where are you at? So I'm a little split between two steps right now, actually. And that's because I reevaluated my emergency fund and decided that three months wasn't enough. I mentioned this in the last episode, and I'm working on building up a bigger emergency fund because I want to be a little safer. And like I said, I'm adding additional sources of emergencies, as bad as that sounds. Um, it's, It's not a great way to look at everything. But I do want to have a little more money available if something happens. Better planning. Yeah. Yeah. So I am putting some money towards building up that emergency fund. But since there already is a kind of a little bit of a cushion there, some of my goals budget is also going towards that fifth step and getting additional money into my 401k on top of the employer match. A good point. You mentioned having to go back to add to the emergency fund. This is sort of a constant thing throughout your life, right? Like once you get to one step, you may if have to dip into your emergency fund 
and go back and refill that first. Yep. Or if you get into debt, you have to go back and pay that off first. So it's constantly checking where you're at in this cycle and then completing that step first before moving back to the one you're at. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I'm I'm right now focused on the the savings and investment. Uh, a lot of my goals money is going towards the house renovation that I'm working on. Yeah, and I guess you mentioned saving for a house being a potential place to put that money afterwards. And I think it's worth noting that that's not necessarily just a house for you to live in, like a house to buy as a house. That it can be an investment in the sense it's a rental property. Right. Yeah, and that's what this one is. So it's a little bit riskier because, you know, I'm in... Real estate's variable. It's, yeah, you're at the whim of the market. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. So let's finish up with the takeaways from this episode. What are the actionable steps that you can take after we went through all of these different steps? Yeah, well, step one is really figuring out what step you're on, right? The, the takeaway from this episode is going to be pretty different depending on where you are in your personal finance journey. Are you still working on your emergency fund? If you haven't, go back and listen to our last episode, which is actually all about building your emergency fund and why it's so important. If you've got that emergency fund built up, make sure you're getting the maximum 401k match from your company. If you don't know whether you're getting that match or not, check with your HR or finance department. They should be able to direct you to your 401k provider and make sure you're getting whatever your company will match. Yep. If you have your 401k employer match maxed out, take a look at your debt. Does any of your debt qualify as high interest debt? And again, that's that definitely over 10% number, probably if it's over 7%. Start making a plan to put additional payments towards that high interest debt. If you don't have any high interest debt, congratulations. Yep then you should work on opening an IRA, or if you already have one, contribute up to the $6,000 per year limit. And to open an IRA, you would do that through any brokerage account. So if you have a place where you're already buying uh, stocks and have some investments, you can probably do it there. Otherwise, there's a million of them. Yep. And that doesn't mean drop 6K into that account necessarily. That might just mean making a plan so that you hit that 6K limit over the course of a year. What should they do if they're already on track to hit that $6,000 per year? In that case, you want to go back to maxing out not just your employer contribution for the 401k, but the actual IRS limit for your 401k, which again is $19,500 a year. So look at how much you can bump up that contribution from your paycheck to get you to that limit. And if you're doing all of that, once again, you're in a great spot. So for step six, find some other thing you want to save for. Find an investment that you're interested in, something that you could use for retirement. Maybe saving for your kids' future college expenses. There's a lot you can do with that money. Right now, that's a little outside the scope of what we're covering in this podcast, but we will eventually be getting to what you can do with that extra savings and investment money. Right. So that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in to the next episode and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. Want to add that drop us a line or we'll copy that great copy. And drop us a line at podcast at moresensethandollars.fm. Let us know what you want to hear about and we'll work it into an upcoming episode.